How are you guys doing? Welcome over here to the channel. Hey, this video is sponsored by Candidips. And tell you guys right now, there's been a lot going on over the last 24 to 36 hours inside of Ukraine. So I'm going to start off with showing you guys the maps. If you guys like this new map, please let me know. I have changed the colors on it. So we're black. It's more of a black and white deal. Hopefully it can help you guys see the roads and stuff like that. So the roads on this map will be gray. So as you can tell, let, yeah, let me know. So usually we're, we're seeing a bunch of yellow and blue and stuff. I thought this would be easier on the eyes. Just let me know in the comments, please down below if you like these maps better. But here is the black and white map. We got blue, Ukraine, red, Russia, blue triangles. As we know, defensively held positions, same with red ones. That's heavily fortified, I guess you would say. These dark black lines are the roadways. Red and blue dotted lines are just kind of the frontline trace of the Russia and Ukrainian forces. So Russia has apparently started to conduct military exercises in the disputed Kuril Islands over the last 12 hours. Now, this is kind of a big deal because we know we spoke about this the other day. They terminated the talks with Japan after Japan put the sanctions on Russia for what they've been doing. And the crazy thing is this thing's been disputed since World War II. So Japan's prime minister, excuse me, has actually said publicly that he sees a growing chance of Russia using nuclear weapons. And he said that the prospect of Russia actually using these nuclear weapons is increasingly real every single day. It's getting more and more every single day. I don't know if that's going to be the case. Same thing I keep seeing that the the, the fact that we're seeing chemical and, chemical and biological weapons being used, that's something. I, I don't know. I would like to think that that's not going to be the case, but I could just be naive. I hope he doesn't because nuclear weapons being used is not a good thing for anybody on planet Earth, clearly. So this has been a pretty wild thing as well. So this guy is, is actually a part of Russia's government, a pretty high up guy. His name is Sergei Savasatodinov. Anyway, he has stated that Russia may conduct a full-scale offensive in Poland, the Baltic states, and Kazakhstan as part of a global military special operation on demilitarization and denazification. So they want to demilitarize the world and denazify the entire world. I still cannot believe this is becoming a thing. And I keep saying this, I think the Z emblem is nothing more than another, it's a 21st century, I guess you'd say, a new age version of the swastika. I know that sounds crazy to say that out loud, but I really believe it. And, and the way that I'm saying this, not because of the concentration camps and stuff, we're now seeing filtration camps, not concentration camps, but I'm saying this for the amount of people that actually get behind it. I'm not saying that they, they, they resemble the same thing, but the people that are getting behind it, there's a lot of people that are behind it inside of Russia, the Z, the emblem Z, that when we actually think here in the western side of the world, because we only see what's put out on the media. Now there's a lot of there's a lot more support for the Z emblem than we actually believe and actually have seen. And I and I know this because I keep seeing a bunch of stuff on on outlets that aren't publicly shown on like CNN or Fox News. So there is a lot of support for the war that's actually going on from the Russians inside of Russia. And it's kind of the same thing back in the day with the Swatska inside of Germany. You know what I mean? So that's one way that I look at it. So Russians have actually planned a paid rally down in Melitopol today. They're paying residents 1,200 rubles for participating in the event. I've also read that this town, by the way, uh, Tokmak, we've talked about Tokmak a few different times, will only be allowed to use rubles in a couple days. And just so everybody were, 1,200 rubles is only 12 U.S. dollars. So they're paying these people $12, 12 U.S. dollars to go and actually attend this Quote, unquote, this kind of like, once again, this reminds me of, of Kim Jong-un in North Korea and all these other, where they force them to go actually do stuff. But they're going to pay him a solid $12, so they might be able to get themselves, well, I don't know what you can buy for 12 bucks over there. Probably a lot as of right now. Maybe a Subway sandwich. But a shipment of 1,500 Stella anti-aircraft missiles and 100 MG3 machine guns have actually came in from Germany today. This is a big deal. MG3s 
are phenomenal machine guns. I personally use them. I think they're, they could be superior to what we have in America or at least the same. But I don't believe they have disintegrating links, which we do have in America, which is kind of, kind of a good thing. I like disintegrating links more but they do jam up a little bit. Okay, we're not gonna talk about that. Anyway, I will say the MG3 is a phenomenal machine gun. They just got a hundred of these. You could you could change out the barrel on this thing at a very, very like high rate. Of, like it's super fast compared to what we have in America. Ours is good, but theirs is great. Now they actually had to slow this thing down from World War II because it was shooting so fast. They were going through so many rounds. That is kind of a big deal. And I think them getting this, I mean, the big thing is actually, are they gonna have enough ammo to actually utilize it? I don't know, but there you go. Germany has coughed up some stuff. Lviv has been under attack for the last 12 to 24 hours. Russian forces have targeted a fuel depot, TV tower, and a large supermarket. The strike came 40 miles from the Polish border. Another strike on Lviv is kind of a big deal. So the video you're about to see is clearly uh, going to be in a different language, but I just want to show you guys some video proof that there's a Belarusian voluntary battalion has officially joined the Ukrainian forces to fight against the Russians. Belarus! Belarus! Mati moja razima! And these two images are coming directly from Ukrainian Defense Ministry officials who have stated that they have begun to see chemical and biological antidote kits being issued to Russian frontline soldiers across all of Ukraine. Both NATO and Ukrainian officials have stated once again that they believe that Russia might use chemical weapons in the near future. It's hard for me to believe this just because I don't really want to believe it, but the truth is that, well, facts don't care about your feelings. So this could be a thing that we see, and I hope it isn't. And Macron from France. So this is kind of a crazy thing. I always see the French as more, you know, gentle, kind. I, I always have, even though when I've been there, they weren't really the nicest people. But for the most part, when it comes to world politics, they really are. Now, they're actually going to be spearheading a humanitarian operation alongside Turkey and Greece to evacuate the city of Mariupol. He has not come out and actually said how he's going to do this. He didn't give any details really, but stated earlier, the better, and it will be conducted with coordination and coordination with the Ukrainian authorities. I have no idea how they're going to do this. If they're actually going to take their troops and go in and do it, they're going to fly. I have no idea. Now, what if they take any casualties? Now, is that going to like smash that, that button? Like, all right, here we go. It's time to, Time to kick off. Like, what, what is what is really going to happen? Is Russia going to just cease fire when they come through? That would probably be the smart thing. I don't know. I really don't. But that is something to take note. And before we move into the map portion of this video, in this segment of this episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about the sponsor, Candidips. So if you've been looking for a nicotine-free, tobacco-free option that's actually going to help you quit smoking or dipping, or if you have anxiety, if you have back aches, this could be the product for you. Go to CandidipsCBD.com, use code TRUTH at checkout to save 30% off. You can get yourself a Cali Roll to get five of different flavors. Right now, my favorite is going to be the Palmy. It's going to be like an Arnold Palmer type mix, lemonade, a tea type mix, and it, it helps with my anxiety. So if you have back aches, your arm hurts, if you guys use the CBD creams or whatnot, this could be a viable option. If you're looking to quit smoking and or dipping, this is tobacco-free and nicotine-free. Like I said, it's made out of coconut fibers, so there's nothing bad in here. It's just coconut fibers. You put the little pouch inside of your mouth, you swallow the spit. Don't swallow the pouch, of course. You throw it away, and that's pretty much it. So go to CandidipsCBD.com. Use code TRUTH to save 30% off your order. Just give them a shot. It's not going to hurt. If you guys are trying to find a way to get around your anxiety or if you have stressful situations, this could help, help you relax. There's no THC in it, so you're not going to get high. There's zero THC. So if you're watching this from YouTube, there's no THC in it. All right. So 
Check them out. Go to CandidatesCBD.com and then use code TRUTH at checkout to save 30% off your total order. It'll be linked in the very top description. So yeah, there's that. All right, let's get back into it. So we're down here in Kiev. All right, so we're down here. We know that the Ukrainian forces did take back the city of Makarov a couple of days ago. This town was liberated. Now, the Ukrainian military not only took it back, but now they're having to deal with an assault that the Russian forces are trying. They want to take this. They want to take the city back. This is a big deal. And I knew this was probably going to be a thing because of the main route that's on it. The Russian forces do, do control just a little bit of this main route right there. Okay. This main route flows all the way west to east going into Kiev. Now, Russian artillery has been attacking Ukrainian positions in Nova Boda, or Nova Buda, excuse me. And I do have them, I have, do have them annotated here for you guys. These little, these are going to be the new icon for heavy fighting and shelling. So there's the areas that have been shelled over the last 12 to 24 hours. They've been hit Nova Buda, Ozerchina, and Novola Vavika. I've also adjusted the image to show it uh, on here as well, where the Russians do still control. I know that they have been trying to assault and take back Makarov. There has not been a thing that they've been able to do. I know that they were trying to take it back. They have also tried to attempt a, a, a push through bravery from this area. So you can see that they do have a held Russian. The Russians do. They have a very strong held position right here when it comes to defensively held on this main route that comes through. Now, we know that they've been utilizing this route for really since the beginning of this conflict. They did try to push through this Bravery line right here, but they got repelled and actually had to push back. So right now, Bravery is still under control by the Ukrainian forces, and they've not been able to push back. And they have actually set up, by the way, another. So they took this town yesterday. This has now become defensively fortified, and I know it is because I've seen some videos from the inside of this. And that's kind of a big deal because, once again, it's on this main route. We know that they liberated this town two days ago. That's on the main route. So these main routes coming in, if the Ukrainian forces just slowly but surely keep taking these back, they're going to choke off the Russians from being able to get those supplies into the eastern side of the country, especially to these men that are down in Bravery. Now we're going to slide a little bit north to Chernihiv, which is right here. So the town of Slovenich, it's right here. The Russians now control it. They took it back. Now I have some video proof of them actually maneuvering through this town, which I'm going to show you guys right now. So take note inside of this area and it has been it has been put out a few separate times that there are some some active snipers from the Russian military in this area. That's going to mess with the, the Ukrainians head just a little bit on giving them the ability to freedom of move to walk around and do their thing. I would be nervous personally and I was a sniper in the military myself. Walking around knowing that there's a sniper on the enemy force on the enemy side is a big deal. It messes with you. You think about it. Now you're thinking about a sniper, and then you're thinking about stepping on a mine, on an IED, where they can be ambushing you from. You're having to like think of all this stuff as you're walking through. That is not a fun thing to have to deal with. I will say I do believe that the Russians are going to have to deal with another small area, which is probably going to be right about here, because they're going to have to push through and clear all this white space. All this right here is going to have to get cleared by the Russian military to move their artillery pieces and their men forward. But I believe they're going to have to run into some sort of an issue near the town of Moscali, which is about right here, and or Zukholti right there, because they're on main routes, especially Zukholti, because it has three main roads that cross through it. So let's keep an eye on for that. And Russian forces have actually captured a Ukrainian mission, uh, munitions warehouse just outside of Chernihiv. And these are the images you guys are seeing. Multiple Grad rockets and 155 millimeter, millimeter artillery shells. But I want you guys to notice the manufacturing dates and these things are 1984 and 1989. Fairly old. So we're going to move over to Sumy. There's not been a lot of movement when it comes to on this route. We know that over the next 
couple days, two weeks, these areas right here, all these are going to be built up. So the Ukrainian forces are going to have to take note and probably do something about these things on these main routes if they want to clear out this area. Those are all the areas that the Russians are trying to push through and start controlling to have uh, freedom of movement on those routes. So we're going to move over here to Sumy. There's been quite a bit going on over in Sumy. So it's been noted that the Russian military has started to entrench around the area, which is clearly another indication that this will be a war of attrition. That is one thing the Russian military is actually good at, is just sending a bunch of young men in uh, to sacrifice themselves for the greater good of the country. We've seen this over years and years, especially in World War II. They will do that. They've been known to do it. That's one of their tactics. Ukrainian troops in the town of Trostinats have actually switched more from a defensive position to an uh, offensive position. They've actually taken back the town over the last 12 hours. Now, the unit from the 93rd Mechanized Brigade of the Ukrainian Forces has actually taken it, and I have some video proof along uh, with some 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 photos for you guys. So I'll go ahead and show the video proof right now. So with them taking this town is a big deal once again because they're going after the main routes. So there's a main route that comes all the way down. This is the main supply route that can be used by the Russian forces because if you scan a little bit east here, you can tell that the Russians actually control a little bit of this main route going in and a little bit of this one coming up. So those ones going in and out of Russia, they control. Now, if they can't take back down uh, Trostinats, which they've tried, they've tried to push back through. The last 24 hours, it's seen some of the heaviest fighting inside of the Eastern Front, I should say, of the Russians' forces, other than Izium. Izium is another whole big thing by itself. But Trostinats is a big deal. They do still control this main area of the road. I do see them... To start, I think they're going to retrograde back and pull them in back. I don't know what these men are even doing here, to be honest with you. I see no strategical advantage to the Russian military for being in this area. What these men should be doing and these resources should be doing is pushing up to Sumy to try to take that area. They have a bunch of wasted resources in Chernihiv and inside of just outside of Okrutia right here. We know that they pushed their men out of this area days ago. I have no idea why they still even really have a main element there. Maybe to stop the Russian or excuse me, the Ukrainian forces from pushing you back. And hitting the rear elements, I don't know. But right now, I see this as piss-poor execution by the Russian military and, well, just piss-poor strategy as a whole. So we are going to move eastern. There's been a lot going on in Kharkiv over the last 24 hours. We have seen some movements. They've taken back some towns. They took back Malia Rahan 12 hours ago, 12 to 24 hours ago. And just recently, over the last six hours, they've taken back the town of Vilakadeva. So just north of it, they've actually pushed through and they secured this one. I think that they're going after the main route, which is right here. You can see it. The Russians control it. They came out of the southern side of their city and they peeled up and they started doing an assault. Now, I, this is the main route I am talking about. I believe that they're going after that one. I don't know how much more they're going to push past that. As you could tell, they actually do control a town which is on a main route that flows into the northern side of the city. I think they're going after these main routes and may actually want to go after this town of Pramahoa. I think this is one of the main crucial areas they need to go after because they can secure this. They're going to secure a lot of the, the, the routes coming in and out of the town towards Kharkiv. All their artillery is coming in, all the supplies, all the men. That's going to be something we're going to take note of, and I believe that they're going to go after. That is the Ukrainians, that is. And if you're aware, I do have some video footage I'd like to show from you of the assaulting element that pushed through earlier today. <laughs> Рассредоточились 
Now I'm going to move down to Izium. Izium, all right, lots going on down here. A lot has gone over in the last 12 to 24 hours. Satellite imagery you are currently seeing that's overlaid is Russia has deployed tanks in the tree line 70 miles south of Izium. They've been doing this because they've been losing equipment to air assets over the last few days, and this is one way to conceal them. They haven't made a big push. A lot of people think that they lost the southern side of Izium, which they haven't. The southern side is still controlled by the Ukrainian forces as well as the western side. Ukrainians on here and Ukrainians over here. Pretty well known, as you can tell just by looking at this map. They actually pushed a force up here, and they took back this town of Horsovika. Now, this is a big deal if you look at the grand scheme of things. This is a big deal because they cut off an, an entire element of the Russian forces on the southern portion of this route. You guys see this right here? Completely cut off now. Now, if you look at it even closer, look, main routes coming in all the way through this town. One of the main routes actually pushes west. So that is a big deal. They cut off an element. They made it to where the, the Russian forces can't actually push through the south side of Izium other than from the eastern side, which they have, by the way. I know that there's recon elements that have actually started to push through. But during the assault on Horsovika, the Russians have actually, well, they've actually lost and they actually had some of their vehicles captured. A large amount of equipment losses in the images you guys are currently seeing. This happened less than six hours ago, by the way. The Ukrainian forces actually captured a Russian T-72B automated air defense system, 152 millimeter howitzer, and a reloading, uh, excuse me, a reloading vehicle for the air defense system. They've also captured a rare Nana SVK-120 millimeter self-propelled motor system. Wow, that is a mouthful. And another APC. So they've captured those. Now, they destroyed a Russian command staff vehicle, an APC, and three supply trucks. So yes, that was a very effective, extremely effective assault by the Ukrainian forces in this area. The amount of stuff and supplies they took, a command, a command vehicle from in there, that's a big deal. A supply trucks, that's a big deal. A tank, some APCs, a really rare Nona SV, like a 120 millimeter. Like taking this kind of stuff out in the vicinity of Izium is a big deal. So there's three unconfirmed reports currently stating that offensive by Russian forces in the Luhansk region has failed and that over 100 Russian soldiers have been taken as POW by Ukrainian paramilitary and military. It's also been claimed that multiple armored vehicles and tanks have been captured. I will say I have been I have seen footage, which I'm not going to show on this channel, of Ukrainian forces shooting POWs in the legs. That is not right. I don't care if someone invaded your country. That is, that's not, I know what they're doing. I know the Russians have been shelling and all this kind of stuff. But when you get a POW, not the right thing to do. So the command of the Ukrainian forces have stated that Russian recon groups have actually advanced towards Bar, Barvinkov and Slovinats. So I've actually annotated them for you guys here. So here is Barnkov right here. I haven't put anything when it comes to Ukrainian defenses there because I don't exactly know. I'm not fully, fully sure on how strong it is. But I do know it's on the main route once again. So when it comes to recon elements pushing through, they're going through to find the defensively held positions of the Ukrainian forces. They want to know how solid they are, where the weakness points are, what they're doing. They're not going in there. It's one of those kind of probing attacks. I do expect them to do something in the coming days. But these recon elements, they would actually be better off going in there and not actually firing a round. That is what a recon element is supposed to do. I couldn't tell you how many times in Afghanistan I didn't fire a single round. I just watched. I did a lot of watching and reporting back. That is what a recon element is supposed to do. So I do see that being what they're going to do is push through, and the Ukrainian forces are going to lose track of them. It's going to be working with small man teams. They're going through. They just want to know where their weak points are in their defensively held positions in Slovinask and this area of Barnkov, which, I mean, if you just look at this map real quick, this main dark route is a main one, and these lighter ones are smaller roads, but they do work, and they all go through. So that is one thing to take note over the next 
couple days. We know that over here, nothing has really changed. The same area is still controlled um, in severe Donetsk. So I guess that the best way to put it is North Donetsk. So <laughs> I, I read the comments and I, I've seen that one a few times. We got it right this time, I think. Anyway, I'm going to jack this one up. Rubazon, we know that this is still controlled north or inside by the Russians and south by the Ukrainians, but there's still heavy fighting inside of this area. So Mariupol, we're going to slide down the Mariupol. Not a lot has changed when it comes to house-to-house fighting. It's still something that is going on. I, I don't think that's going to change. I, I still think... They've got at least a week to two. Like, as long as they have the amount of ammo in men there, I don't see them gaining much ground very fast. I think they're going to take heavy losses, that is the Russians. But not a lot has changed, like I said. And I actually have video proof of the drive out of Mariupol, and it's fairly disturbing in how destroyed it currently is. So here is that for you guys. There hasn't been a lot going on in this area. I, I think this is, I'm going to go ahead and just kind of give this thing a square rectangle type deal. Well, more of a rectangle. So this rectangle area I just noted on the map, I do not believe that the Russians are going to try to advance to there until they take Mariupol. They have no reason to. Right now they can't even take this one little blip that's down here in the bottom, which is one of the more heavily fortified areas. If they can't take that, then they have no need to push north. So we're going to actually push over to Mikolaiv. So there has been quite a bit going on in Mikolaiv. As you guys can tell, the Russians have lost quite a bit of ground. They actually have an element that is split right here, which is kind of a big deal because right now there is a main road that runs right between them. So the Ukrainian forces have taken back the town of Kaisalvika. Kaisalvika. So it has actually been taken back. The Russians begin to shell the same town, which we could not pronounce, and we're not going to be able to pronounce today, Novovorontsevaka. So that town. This one right here, big red flames on it. You see that? Yeah, that one is the one that I am talking about. I know you guys have tried to help me with that one, but that was a tough one. This town they lost yesterday. The Russians lost this one yesterday, and the Ukrainians have actually started to, of course, they've been getting in there to actually set up some more defensive strong points in the city so they can't push through, but they've started to get shelled by the Russians. So actually kind of takes back me saying, well, I thought they might be retrograding back over to Kyrgyzstan. That might not be a thing. They actually might be wanting to push a little bit more north. There has been word that Ukrainian element has been trying to assault towards Kyrgyzstan as well. I have not seen confirmation of it. That's not saying that it isn't happening. I do believe it could be happening because we know that they were shelling the airport there over the last 24 hours. They've been shelling it. But I, I do know that's probably a good thing. I can't find anything on it. That means they're actually adhering to OPSEC and not posting photos and or videos of it. So that is a... That's probably a good thing. But over here in this area, there is an element, like I said, this one, that the Russian forces, they are cut off. They need to either peel back, most likely, and regroup with their actual element that's back here. And that's just going to give the Ukrainian forces more area to actually stake or take back and control. So this side of the country is probably, between this and Kiev, it's probably the most decisive when it comes to Ukrainians keep pushing and assaulting. This is, this is their area. Eastern area is probably the heavy fighting, heaviest fighting, and is going to suffer the, the major losses other than, than uh, Mariupol. But this side of the country, I don't see them actually doing anything. I know that I, I read that they were trying to do an assault on Odessa, and we know that's not going to be a thing. So as of right now, by the way, hope you guys enjoyed this video. Please check out the sponsor. Like I said, they'll be linked in the top description. Other than that, I will see you guys tomorrow with another episode. I do love you guys. I am out.